Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Do you dream of being CEO of your own empire, running your own company, achieving your life's goals, yet wake up in a cold sweat next to last night's takeout leftovers and a pile of bus ticket stubs? You are not alone. Like many others, you are suffering from a classic case of caviar dreams, tuna fish budget. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Barbuto. And every week, we'll be talking to influencers, trailblazers, disruptors, and risk takers who'll share their own journey to caviar dreams on a tuna fish budget. Side effects may include increased motivation, boundless happiness, and a fast track to success. Hello, caviar dreamers. Hi, caviar dreamers. So excited today because we have on an amazing guest from overseas who is really the most amazing human. He is. A lot of the times on the podcast, we talk to entrepreneurs and business people and um, risk takers and leaders. And I would say that they are all so inspiring, but what Joshua has done takes like inspiration to next level. Exactly. His book is called Do Something for Nothing. Yeah. And he gives uh, haircuts, makeovers to the homeless. The homeless, yeah. And he has done it around the world. He was also featured in a documentary that was narrated by Morgan Freeman yes. on National Geographic. He just breaks down barriers, create believes in creating like human connections, and just makes people see the best in themselves that they maybe haven't seen for many years. Yes, and I think it's just he gives people back their dignity, which is so important. Yeah. And I just, when you see the smile on these people's faces and the tears in their eyes and just something that's so basic that we take for granted, yes. just a haircut and to, to feel like ourselves, which is so important. It's not, you know, taking care of ourselves and is not self-indulgent. It's a human necessity. And what he gives back to, to everybody is just unbelievable. And he has created a book about it. I think, um, you know, so many times people don't realize the stories of how people, you know, became homeless. And often people look as if it was a, a string of bad choices that led someone to be homeless, which obviously, especially when you read Joshua's book, it's like, it's so upsetting. Like, the, the misfortune that people can go through without a good support system. It's true. And one thing we hear week after week is people who rely on their network, their support system, the help of family and friends. And when you don't have 
that support system behind you. It's very easy to fall into really hard times. And I just think that, that Joshua went out, gets down to like ground level, face to face with people and shows that he cares can really be life-changing. I know, you know, I urge you to get the book, but I just urge you to follow him on Instagram because it's really heartwarming, inspiring. So I can't wait to hear all about it. So hi, Joshua. Hi, Joshua. Hello, hello. It's so nice, nice to meet you. Do you do you live in London? Yeah, I do. I live in Southeast London in Peckham. Yeah, so that's oh, where nice. I'm based now, which is, yeah, kind of, it's not like central, central London, but it's, it's you know, not too far away. Yeah. I grew up close to Manchester. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. All right. That's cool. And where are you guys? Where are, where am I speaking to you at New Jersey? Uh, New Jersey. New Jersey. Yep. I, poor, poor Lexia. That's I've it. over. I've <laughs> overtaken. I've overtaken her accent. That's what? the problem. That rubs off, doesn't it? I have a lot of friends, and I'm usually in America quite a bit. Like depending on you know, obviously COVID's like you know stopped all that stuff for for now. But yeah, like you know, some people who they take on accents really easy. Yeah. I think my British accent kicks in a bit more when I go to America. Weird because also sometimes people say, they're like, wow, yeah, I wish I had an accent. And I'm like, yeah, but you have. Yours is yours. Is your, you know what I mean? Like when you come yeah. here, you've definitely got an accent. Yeah. Oh, so. English people love an American accent. They love a Southern accent too. That means yeah. Or a Texas accent. They go crazy for that. That's really, yeah, that's true. I actually have quite a, a few friends in, in Dallas and theirs is like particularly fun. I like, that's the only one I try and imitate. I'm pretty good at a Texan accent. I'm not going to do it for you now though. So. <laughs> oh, oh, I would love to hear it though. I wish you no, no, maybe later, later on the podcast. Later. <laughs> First of all, we're so excited to have you here because thank you. You are doing amazing work, giving back, just everything, making people be seen that a lot of people don't see. So do something for nothing is really just unbelievable. So I want everybody to know about it. Any philanthropy is so important. And what you've done is just so special. Well, thank you. And I was reading a little bit about, and I think, I mean, on the face of it, look, whatever we're doing in this world, it looks like many different things from the outside, but I think there's different ways to help people. And it sounds in, in some ways, like obviously you're trying to, you know, get people to see their potential from something small to be able to grow it to something big and to be able to elevate themselves in some way. So I think there's like, you know, whatever we're doing in this life, I think there's uh, correlations and kind of, um, yeah, like if you're, if you're thinking beyond yourself and your own means that can, you know, that, that for me has the same thread. So, so just tell me what inspired you to do this and, and how long have you been doing this? Sure. Yeah. Well, so do something for nothing began, oh, like five and a half years ago now. And that was me going out on the street to, give haircuts to men and women who are experiencing homelessness in London initially where I live and you know I think we all can relate to whatever city or town you live in like to walk by somebody who's who's living on the street and kind of those feelings that confront you in that moment you know and for, for me I was ever more curious as to why people would end up in that position like I was walking past people my say the same age as me uh, you know men and women people from all different walks of life so I think I was already curious about this issue but my the way I got to kind of connect with this further because initially to be really honest I felt completely helpless and overwhelmed by this I think a lot of people do you get fatigued to all the problems we kind of see in the world and sometimes scrolling through social media doesn't kind of leave you feeling like you want to get off off the couch and, and do something but thank, thankfully that changed for me in the form of like what I was doing for a living and a job so I was working as a hairdresser and a barber in a salon but it was you know a woman's salon so I mainly do 
um, lady servant. I had like, you know, it was quite a busy clientele, but it wasn't my place. I worked as one stylist of many within the, within the salon. And, um, you know, I really enjoyed my job. I love what I did as a profession. I think you have to, um, as a hairstylist, you'd call it a hairdresser here, you know, because it's, it's so intimate in the sense that you're so one-on-one -on -one with the person you have to build trust. Um, I think a lot of people, especially now with the pandemic and lockdown, you know, it's the first thing for a lot of people they're waiting to do when they were able. And, and, you know, I mean, for some people it can really mean a transition in their life or a different moment. And I think I was always aware of the importance of my role, providing that when there was a transaction, of, you know, within the, the salon, but that changed when I had my, my things on me one day to go and visit someone's house, like outside of work to earn a bit of extra pocket money. I had some home visits that I did for different people and I was on the way to a client's house and I didn't make it because um, I met someone who was experiencing homelessness at the time. I stopped and had a chat and I guess did the things I knew how to do, you know, just, you know, do you fancy like a cup of tea or like coffee or something to eat. But beyond those, like things I wasn't really having that much of a conversation beyond like 30 seconds and this time it just you know it was a light bulb I remembered I had my scissors my clippers and everything to, to cut hair in my, in my bag and I offered him a haircut and he said said yes and that was I guess something I'm glad I didn't think through too much because of course like a haircut's not going to be top on your agenda of things when you're looking for the next place place to sleep or yeah. you know your next meal and in some cases just you know it's not even day by day when you're in that situation it's hour by hour there's struggle um but thankfully um yeah i just you know he said yes and that really changed the trajectory of things for me because i was immediately aware of recognizing that actually i did have this thing albeit very small of providing a haircut being able to sit and listen um when i handed him the mirror at the end it was a moment of i suppose restoring some kind of dignity because you get someone who recognizes themselves they haven't seen this person who's had a shave and been cleaned up but I think the time time was the real thing I think I, I'd been looking at this the wrong way you know I was overwhelmed thinking I had to find a solution to a problem and not recognizing what I could do as one person um, to go out there and, and listen and be of service in some way I think it's so incredible because we've talked about this a lot in the podcast um, you know People see beauty and the beauty industry as such a trivial, frivolous, uh, yes. luxury thing. And yeah. I think what you just said there is so important. You see someone that you haven't recognized for a long time. And I think the way we see ourselves is the key to, to so much. If you have no confidence in yourself, how could you expect anyone to have confidence in you? And it's what true. you're restoring people is so important. Yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, it, the, all of these things that we... I suppose some people might take for granted depending on what level of privilege or disposable income you have. Um, you know, I mean, we all know what it is that makes us feel like us each day, like those daily rituals, rituals, those daily routines, the things that we do to kind of make sure our well-being is intact and or hopefully be improving on it day by day, week by week, and as we go through this life. And I think for me, those things are important, like affording people more than just the basics to feel good. Um, and to your point, like, yeah, whatever your role is within the beauty industry, whatever your role is in the kind of well-being industry broadly to, to provide a service for someone to make them feel more self-esteem and improved kind of um, confidence. I think those things really add because you can, you know, I see when I when I go out and I do this and from that initial haircut, I... 
start going out and doing this more, meeting more people on the streets, not just in London, but traveling to do this uh, other places in the UK, um, places in other places in Europe, France and Spain and different areas. And sometimes there's a language barrier, but I guess I wanted to, to help translate. I found that this simple thing, it sort of translated um, wherever I went as far as like, yeah, it was, it wasn't perhaps the first thing that people needed, but in the haircut and in giving someone a chance to kind of see themselves differently, you might provide some objectivity that might otherwise not be available. You know, we're all so locked in our own heads all the time anyway. Most of the, the time, our reality is, you know, I, I know I can walk around for days so in my own mind about certain things until I'm able to sort of snap out of it. Um, and that, if that's a negative space, then, you know, it can really perpetuate and, and leave you um, spiraling in that situation. I think, you know, when you're experiencing homelessness, you're living on the street, being able to just zoom out of that reality for a minute, have something kind of, I guess, in some ways, something like special because you're, it's all about you, right? A haircut, I wrap someone on a gown. There's no choice but to leave because I approach them right where they are. Yes. Yeah. And it's like this service where you, for an hour or so, you go, oh, this is just about me. Is it? This is just about like me enjoying this moment. So yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a nice thing to experience. And sometimes that's, big transformation and smiles and the high fives and other times it's a really subtle thing you know and it's it's the listening I think I, I can provide that's the most important thing learning how to really listen learning how to not perhaps fill the gaps in conversation as I used to and just let things flow and, and let people talk if they want to talk or if they don't that's totally cool too. I think also it's so it's so moving because when we were saying before you came on you know people judge people in a position yes. of homelessness mm -hmm. and it's seen as such a negative light. You could walk past someone in the street and they're a nuisance. They might be suffering from mental yes, illness. Yes, people get annoyed. They ask for money. Yeah, and it's, it's a stigma. It's, or yes, they, it's terrible. they put themselves in that position. It was a string of bad choices. And going through your Instagram and reading the stories, I just it blew my mind how like, unforeseen circumstances with a lack of support system can put mm -hmm. people into this situation so easily. And you break in that barrier of like coming to their level and not judging, not judging is mm -hmm. so powerful. Yeah. And it's, it's so important. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought up that point as well. Cause for any of your listenership and people who, you know, whether this is going out to, to be, you know, uh, to watch this afterwards, I think, look, let's be real here. Like let's cut it how it is. There are all kinds of issues that are, are complex and sometimes difficult to interact with, um, especially from the outside when you're talking about people who are um, in this situation. And, and you know, I, I always think to myself, well, I imagine like what home means to me and what it means to me to sort of have somewhere to sort of have that privacy each night to be able to like turn the key on my door and like, you know, all my ugliest moments where I'm not feeling too good uh, you know, we all have those, like we all have moments we can think back to where you, whether it's arguing with a spouse or a loved one or um, someone, you know, a friend you fall out with and you think back afterwards and you think, oh God, I just, yeah, like if you get that horrible moment, you're like, I wish I didn't say that, I wish I didn't do that. But that is something you can ask forgiveness for, you can make up in some way, you can try and, you know, make amends. But imagine those moments being played out outside to everybody because you haven't got that privacy you haven't got that moment where you're the worst parts of your well-being and the kind of the moments where you feel at your worst 
you're on, it's like theater, you know, you're in the middle of a city somewhere with potentially a hundred people walking bus. So there are mental health issues, you know, there are acute mental health issues where people need a hell of a lot more support and care that the funding isn't there. There are also people who, yes, addiction, drug misuse, alcohol misuse, all of these things come into play. So you're, you've got quite some, some really strong surface layers to get past. So I want to say, I understand if sometimes you might get annoyed with somebody, or I understand if sometimes you might be frustrated at someone sticking out their hand when you're, you know, working two jobs and you've got a family to feed and you're thinking, hang on a minute, like I'm working hard here and you want my money. But honestly, I just feel that I'm trying my best with stories and telling a story through Instagram and now through these stories in a book to just say, yes, these things exist, but we have to remove these layers and go beneath the surface here. The subtitle of the book, the book's called Do Something For Nothing, yes. Seeing Beneath the Surface of Homelessness Through the Simple Act of a Haircut. The reason being is I think that surface is what stops so many people interacting with this in a way that, that I think is, is, a, is a real way to look at this. And I try and I still have to practice this every day, which is like, yes, someone may be behaving in a way that I'm not used to. Someone might have habitual patterns and layers to, um, to, to where they're at right now and, and they might be struggling. I might not know their complete answer or what the hell to do, um, but I'm at least not gonna judge them for that, as you said, you know, to come full circle on that first point. I think that's the one thing we, we can all be in control of. Yes, we might get annoyed. Yes, it might be frustrating sometimes, but let's not cast judgment. Let's not think we have any idea about someone's life from the outside because it's just it's not even unfair like i don't want to point fingers it's, it's just illogical right yeah you wouldn't, it, it, it seems silly the idea that like oh yeah i know exactly what's going on with you although this is the first time i've ever seen you and you're like in your 40s and i haven't met you before and you've had this whole life of years that have led you to this moment i'm gonna yeah i, I want to learn i want to listen you know tell me you know you're a part of a documentary at uh, yeah. a National Geographic documentary with Morgan Freeman. How did that come about and what, and what did that feel like? Yeah, to be really honest, that was I, was, I was given a talk for a virtual event like first thing when I woke up this morning and um, I played a bit of that video. And sometimes it's funny because I, I, actually where I live, like it's only about, I don't know, five minutes walk away from where I am. So he came to me, right? Yes. <laughs> you know, it's not every day Morgan Freeman just yes. pops, pops along to this part of London as well. It's not like, like I said to you guys earlier, it's not this super big hub where I live. It's a really vibrant, like awesome neighborhood. Yeah. But it was crazy because him coming, the idea of National Geographic even coming to film what I was doing at the time, that was a few years ago now, or so more than that. I was thinking, you know, I got that email and I was like, sort of archived that I was like yeah 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 of course of course I was like yes I'll do it amazing you know but then you sort of put it somewhere you're like yeah yeah I won't be hearing from them again and um I remember I said to my friend Dee actually she lives in New York and I was there at the time and when when I got the email she was like no you've got to manifest it and believe it and all this and I was like all right all right I took on board <laughs> and um and yeah like thankfully they came through and they 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 got back to me and they said they wanted to come and film what I was doing and Stuart who turns up in that that video um if anyone wants to watch it, it's on Netflix. Uh, it's called The Story of Us um, with Morgan Freeman. And I'm part of a segment, it's called The Power of Love, one episode. And anyway, you, you get to hear about his story and someone like him, you know, that goes out to thousands of people now and it's consented and he wants to be part of it. And with all the work I do, it's the same, you know, people are in a difficult position. I'm not trying to 
exploit anybody or no, no. or put anyone's story out there that doesn't want like I'm I'm not that's not my my thing. But if people are willing and they want to tell their story, it's amazing. And and that was uh I guess it was a moment in the trajectory of do something for nothing that took it from you know kind of a small corner of the internet to like a much larger one as far as like people viewing this stuff on, and, and checking it out and albeit that you know i've only got a certain amount of instagram followers it's more that there's some videos that have gone really viral so you know even if you haven't sort of collected the audience in it's kind of nice to know that there's people like in all corners of the world who've seen this stuff and i, I keep on bringing it back to the person you know like i'm happy to be the protagonist and spearhead this what has become like a, a sort of social movement in some ways but it's about documenting people's stories. It's about documenting people in communities who are getting up and standing up and realizing that they can make a change in their own way. Um, it's not about finger pointing. I'm, I'm not into, I, 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 of course I'm involved in politics because everyone is like, how yes. can you not be? But I'm, that's, my, that's my life. And I'll talk about that with friends and, and all that stuff. But I, I think I'm so desperate in this time we're living in that can seem so divisive at the moment to find the things we can agree upon, you know, mm -hmm. to, to, to just think, well, look, wherever you are politically, wherever you stand, like we don't want to live in cities and towns where we're seeing thousands of people suffering and tents and, and people having the lack of basic sanitary conditions and basic healthcare. And it's like, we can all maybe agree like the baseline, we just need to pitch that up higher. So, so, we can, you know, the quality of life down there, in case you drop out, in case your friend or your loved one or whoever it is you might know who's lost their job in this pandemic, it's like, you know that that baseline is going to catch them a little higher and provide a little bit, at least a little bit, like of a better quality of life. I think the pandemic amplified the issue so badly. New York mishandled the homeless situation. Mm -hmm. It's true. So badly in the yeah. pandemic. Okay. And then with the lack of, infrastructure of, of like infrastructure yes. and also the lack of uh, you know of like available medicine here it was it was really yeah they hard. closed the homeless shelters because they were like they didn't want to spread covid which i thought was so bizarre so put everybody on the street so they don't get covid so what's worse like have them no place to yeah. live they just didn't want covid in the shelters it was so bizarre and then, course, but they, they did close the, the subways also which had never happened before so the subways provided like a backup place for people to stay it was it was really scary and then of course people had left the city so mm -hmm. the lack of normal day-to-day -day, hundreds of people passing through literally like you know uh, the the news was comparing new york to like the streets of like the walking dead and it was mm. so sad it was like mm. no one was like hello the most vulnerable people in the world have become even more vulnerable right now mm. it was it was like it was terrible it's gonna take society a long time to i know new york that. is just trying to make a comeback which is so sad yeah it's honestly it's really good to hear your perspective for me and, and how things have been going for people over there because this is like an important time to sort of take inventory of what's happening like i think it's important you know, not only for accountability, but also just to, to go perhaps in this crisis, like there is opportunity to do things differently. Like we, you know, it's a very, I think, um, apt analogy there of like the walking dead and kind of what the streets were like, because what you see is, I found that here in London too, people I kept in touch with, what was this bustling city with people who, especially, you know, people 
living on the street relied on whatever they could get each day from people around them and services even some of the services just shut overnight because it's like covid came and it was like wow like it's a ghost town for people and you're left with as you said the most vulnerable with very very little support and you know i've 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 been with people and i've worked in new york often and i'm you know on the street and doing what i do and giving haircuts and i remember cold winter you know the, the fierce winters in new york being down in like the depths of penn station where basically without that like like you know the, the labyrinth down there where you get to these old platforms that are barely in, in use anymore and they're like people's homes for the winter you know and it's like it's kind of a, it's great that there's that that space for them to go in but it's kind of tragic at the same time it's like is that the best we got is that the best empty space we've got people kind of like you know kind of just down here with the rats i'm like come on I know. Like, this, yeah. this, it's, it's just it's and it's just i think you know we all this is these are the kind of things where i know sometimes as you mentioned earlier like passing by someone panhandling at a traffic lights whatever it may be we all have these these lives that are happening, right? We all have these lives that are going on. We've all got our own, even when we're driving, even when we're going to the next place, we've all got that thought just keeps on going, doesn't it? What's the next thing I'm doing? What about this thing I'm thinking about? You're constantly going, right? And then some, suddenly you get a sort of invasion of someone else's whole energy into that. So I get it. I keep on saying, like, I understand, right? Like, it's okay to, 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 to feel like you don't want to talk to someone some days and not always be available. Some days I don't want to talk to anyone either. I don't go out and do this every day, you know? I need that solitude. And I need those moments for me where I'm like, chill, this is a day for me. This is about my well-being. But I think when you get a picture of what life is like for, like, some people in really difficult circumstances and what their options are, and especially, as you mentioned, during this pandemic, I just think a lot of people don't see that. And when you see it, they're like, whoa, like this isn't okay. Like, this isn't normal. It shouldn't be normal to live in cities of such affluence where we're not taught. This ain't, um, I'm not, I'm not saying like, drop your things, everyone become a humanitarian. I'm like, I believe in whatever your version of success looks like, whatever your version of, of bettering your own life looks like, this is not, you know, everyone's version that's going to look different. But it's about, as I said earlier, raising the minimum, raising, you know, what, what, just help looks like for some people i know because i've experienced this for several years years now it's just it's not pretty you know it's not the kind of places even in the pandemic in london where there was hotels given to people and there was you know lots of people getting house like i've spoken to some people now and they left after a couple of days because the conditions were awful you know they're not the kind of place you would book your your your, your mom or dad into yes and um I've, it needs a change but the, the beautiful thing is that you've helped make a change and you're making a difference in people's lives. So I, I do think it's one step at a time. You've done this book and yes. all the profits, 100% of the profits, you're giving back. Yeah. Creating the profits. So, I mean, you're pretty unbelievable, okay? Yeah. Not well, only are you making a difference in people's lives, you've started this movement and then you're donating back everything. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that I thought as soon as I was writing the, the book, I realized like that would be the, the, you know, the way that I wanted to do it is, is, you know, thankfully the, the publishers have been really supportive in both, well, actually three different markets because it's been released in the UK, Australia, and in, in the US. Uh, my publisher is actually based out of New York. They're called um, Akashic Books. Um, they're an independent publisher and they've been really amazing, like throughout the process. And 
I just wanted this to, this is about the people and their stories and the way that it's working is I, there's these art exhibitions I used to put on um, with my friend Jamie, he's a visual artist and it's quite a cool way of actually putting all this message of do something for nothing into one exhibit um, that he used to take photos of people that would meet, sometimes I'd cut their hair and he'd paint these portraits of people that then would, would then sell and, um, and try and donate money to a local shelter. It was also a chance to screen like a short film that I'd made and would work with local artists. Sometimes would even feature artworks of people who were, um, you know, experiencing homelessness and people who were actually like artists that would meet along the way. And that exhibition has been to like six or seven different countries now before the pandemic. Our last one was in Melbourne and Australia. So we partnered with different brands, different companies um, to be able to like, you know, fund the what, what we do. But so yeah, my future proceeds are going to go towards um, that project. So those kinds of projects, which which and also the publishers are donating money as part of it too. So yeah, none of none of the money's in in my back pocket, and it was never going to be that way because I feel, yeah, the, uh, you know, the way if, if anyone's think like listening or you guys yourself, you know, just to answer the question like how the hell do I pay rent and make money because I actually don't work in a salon anymore. I haven't done. Yeah, I was going to ask yeah. you that. What do you still work in a salon? No, I, I haven't actually for the best part of about four, five years now. So when this started, I started getting inundated with messages of people wanting to get involved, um, started to give talks. And that is the way. So so giving speeches and talks is the, the percentage of my, that's like what my official job title is now as far as I'm self, you know, so I give talks and, and uh, I was giving talks at events and, and, and I've still done that during lockdown. And that's actually the way that I can best use what is an hour of my time to give a talk here and there to get paid to then continue doing what I'm doing. And it's kind of, I've wanted to keep it like that because do something for nothing is as much yours or anyone listening to this as it is mine. I mean, not that there's not an incredible, I mean, there's so important charities that exist for material, essential items, for support, for, you know, we need way more cash and funding around this. But I just know that my time, my energy, and where my skill sets lie are not in distributing wealth in that way. It's about telling new stories around this issue and doing that through different creative projects, different creative means, um, things like the book that, that you've just mentioned. Um, and and it's, um, yeah, it's how I'm going to continue doing this. So giving talks has been also very it's, it's an important part of this for me. I'm passionate about it. I go into schools like quite often and, and talk to young people about this and give a presentation because the kind of place that I went to school, I didn't have anyone coming in to, to, to do any of those things, like the social side of life and why people end up where they end up and all the different reasons. I just had a, a policeman come in and like say, like, don't do drugs. Um, and that didn't work. Yeah, exactly. You know, but I mean, it was just like, you know, it wasn't the PSHE would call it over here, that kind of education of the humanities and like kind of what's in, entails. And I, I just, I love doing that. So that's kind of the way I, I keep doing what I'm doing. And just to touch on the book, um, actually, I'm going to get up, I'm going to get a copy so I can show you. Let's do it. Um, but yeah, so this is a, um, so do something for nothing. Here's the book here. This is a series of images and stories of people I've met on the street in different cities around the world. So yeah, it's a, um, it's a chance to go a little deeper basically because the way I do things on Instagram is take these before and after photos of different people I've met, but sometimes with the limiting captions on you know, social media, it's not all that easy to explore the real depths of, of someone's story. So this is a chance to, yeah, go a lot deeper and to be able to also support the project. So, you know, I think inside here there's messages and themes just, 
just um, that we can all relate to, you know, I mean, of course, never to take away the privilege of having a roof over your head or not at night, but it's about recognizing those things that we can all relate to those, 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 I guess, nuances of people's stories that when you kind of, I think from the feedback I've got so far, it really changes people's perception around this issue, you know? There was one story that really stood out to me. It was like the guy who had come, I think, from Poland. And yes, he'd this like, story. He'd wound up in the hospital and then he'd lost his papers and his passport. And like, he couldn't get that, in touch with anybody. That like blew my mind. And that really resonated that like people need to understand there are many different ways that lead to someone experiencing homelessness. Exactly, exactly. And honestly, it's such a good point. And I, I just think, there's a million things you can take out of like all these situations and like it's so good we're covering this you know but i'd say that you know what i'd love to what i'm thinking about is what are positive action steps for people because some are of course recognizing people seeing people I, I can't tell you how many people in here in this book like just a smile just how are you just recognizing someone as a human it goes such a long way but i think i'd like to also say that you know, next time you're at a dinner party, next time you're, you're talking to people, try and try and have human conversations with people rather than political ones sometimes. I think that's the best thing I'm trying to do at the moment is, is rather than get into heated debates about this guy or that guy or what they're going to do for us or what they're not going to do for us, like try and find like a few things that we can agree on. Like, do we want to live in neighborhoods that, that look after the, the most vulnerable, that, that, you know, become safer for, for our children? Do we want our kids to grow up and have good education and be happy and kind of like, it's, it's almost like, I think we've got to really just, just remove all this kind of, the, at the moment, there's, I think we're, we're at this time where there is an opportunity through the pandemic, through the shared collective empathy of what it's like to be starved of these basic interactions. It's almost like as we begin again, I do feel that it's important to just urge people to, to yeah, not get, not get messed up in all that conversation. Of course you can become engaged politically, but I'm saying around this issue, it shouldn't become politicized. It shouldn't become, this, is, this, doesn't, this isn't blue or red, this is humans. Let's not talk that way about this. This is about lives and, and people. And it's, um, I learn, I, I learn, so much from the people in this book and i know that other people who, who buy it will as well do you do you ever reconnect with any of the people is there a story that sticks out that you've reconnected with anyone yeah so there's there's people numerous people i try my best to keep in touch it's, it's, sometimes it's, it's easier than others because you know if i'm near like there's someone in, in london nearby where i can actually go and see someone physically but obviously traveling a lot to do this i take people's phone numbers i give mine out sometimes you can get a hold of someone again and, and establish a relationship and other times yes yeah, the transient nature of kind of life out there is is you lose phones and all that kind of thing but um yeah there's people within these pages especially um within london um but actually you know there's there's people in america i, st I still talk to um who i check in with i talk on the phone um and and you know a few people i really walk the walk with like my friend levain who's in the the book she's a, a girl that i met on the street here and and you know we've become really good friends like i'm she's off the street now and she comes and gives talks with me like in schools and like we're we're trying to best help her and she's like she used to be a teacher herself you know what i mean she's like she's got stuff to give she's got a voice but it's just 
she's been through a lot, you know, she's been through a hell of a lot and she came out of a very abusive relationship. She was, went through a hell of a lot of abuse when she was younger and when she was a child. So there's a lot of past tra trauma that, you know, she hasn't been able to work through yet, but I'm so unbelievably grateful for, for the friendships that I've kept with people in different places. There's, I'd probably say there's at least five or six people, which doesn't sound like very much over the time I've been doing this, who've not, who've become actual proper, proper friends who I, who I hang out with now and, and I've seen them transition through, you know, this, when I first met them, they were out on the street and, and, you know, they're in a better place and who knows what the numbers are beyond that. I can't keep a, you know, a, a track of the impact of it all. But on that point, I'd like to say something which I think is really important, which is we have a really terrible um, habit, I think, as people of like, sometimes I know it's important to set your benchmark high, but like we have this habit of thinking we, we look at something that's wrong in the world and we think we have to try and solve the whole thing and we look at the statistics and that's the way your brain works brilliant like if you're thinking about that that impact and those numbers but i honestly think we need to lower that a bit and be like look if you can help one person this year like properly you know if you can be there for them and listen and lend a hand in some way and that doesn't mean becoming their complete sponsor and, and taking away, you know, they need to be accountable and, 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 and they need to be responsible. But it's like, if you can help one person this year, that's a really cool thing. Like that's a really important thing. And it's a really good goal for, for anyone not to, not to kind of, um, yeah, get too, I guess, um, overwhelmed as I spoke about at the beginning with the numbers of this thing, think about the person in front of you, think about how you can impact their life. I think that's such a smart thing to say, because I think a lot of people will be like, well, how can I make a difference? you know, helping one person, big deal. What does that do? There's so many. And I think that's such a valid point because yeah. I do think people feel that way a lot. Don't you agree? Yeah, I think especially in the issue of homelessness, the word homelessness, people say, how can I help homeless people? And you forget each homeless person is a person. Yes, it's yeah. a person. person. And yeah, and I help think that's so, person. that's so valid. Yeah, well, big, big deal, big deal. We'll ask the person, do you help them, whether it's a big deal or not. It is. Trust, and trust it, me, and think, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a big deal. And I and I think if one, if every person helped one person, we wouldn't have an issue, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And you know what? And that's that's really a really lovely place to kind of like to talk about is 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 you know to 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 sort of focus on is there's something that happens as well when you focus on one person, which is your own well-being is affected like there's within one person's story and within helping that one person there's no choice but to go on a transformation yourself and a personal transition too because what might have started out as helping someone perhaps because you have and they have not or focusing on maybe the material aspect of like yeah the things you have in their life but that they don't you know that it's fine and it's actually in some ways why i started doing what i was doing i was thinking fuck i, I gotta help more people you know and i was going out there more with sympathy and feeling sorry for people but i realized quite quickly something much better than that and it's, it's trying to walk a couple steps on a, a path of empathy with someone and yes you, you're going to hold your hands up and you'll be like okay i don't know what your struggles like at the moment i might not be able to relate to all the things you're going through but i'm going to sit down here and and, and try and get on a level and through helping just in this case, say that one person, for example, like you're going to go on a journey, you know, and that's not just about them. It's about you as well. So, um, yeah, you know, you can sit at the head of some charity and count the numbers the same way as you would dollars in some business, but it's like, unless you're connected to, to the people within this thing, 
yeah, you're always going to be kind of one step removed, you know, I'm not, I, I and, and, you know, and I also, but I haven't said that, I also need those people doing what they can do as well, like politically, I need people who have sway and, you know, the right kind of um, influence to affect change top down, as well as for me, you know, bottom up, bottom up. So yeah, I'm, I, you should work to, I guess, whatever, whatever works for you, but I'm interested in, in that personal transformation. I'm in, interested in, you know that fatigue that we can all feel from from too much information and all the problems trying to trying to move that forward into feeling active and feeling like you can um make a make a difference are your parents completely obsessed with you and you're like fabulous <laughs> <laughs> well yeah but that's that's sweet of you my mom my mom honestly my mom's like um my mom she i feel like i've with this book, at least, it's cool because I've made her proud, I'm sure. And in a bunch of ways, she's, she's always telling me oh, she's, proud. Mean, totally. she's proud of me. Well, the reason being is because it's funny. I read my school report cards the other day when I was I'm moving house and they're like an, an absolute joke. Um, my way of getting through high school was like being funny and being like, so I wouldn't be beaten up. So that kind of came with like not much listening and, and not all that great school grades. Um, so my mum like let me be who I was when I was younger, which I am like, unbelievably thankful for and grateful for and I, I recognize that now as something that also is is god it's if you have that like someone in there unconditionally letting you kind of mm -hmm. make the mistakes and still be there for you then like wow that's that's rich to me you know because for a lot of people and especially people that I've, I've met along the way that ain't that is not the case you know they didn't have that they didn't have that that safety net of someone like even if it is just one person so yeah mom you know i'm really close to my mom super super um yeah like i feel i feel good now because there's some things i've ticked off like this book included that i know i'm sort of like all right all right okay I'm, she knows i'm working hard on things and, and that makes me happy Oh, oh, she must so, 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 proud, so proud of you. So great. What, and also, I feel like, do you do TED Talks? Well, I haven't done one yet. I've actually been I asked. You ha to, have to be doing TED Talks. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to. Well, if you, you know, I mean, that I've been asked to do, there's been a few in the past that haven't quite worked timing wise, and a couple in America, but I'd like to do something like that. I really would. And, you know, and anyone listening, I'd like, I love, I love to give to give talks about this if there's someone you know listening or you guys included like you know events and things is really my jam i love being able to talk about this and and yeah i think it's beneficial for all of us not just as i'm sure from me talking it's not just about haircuts and homelessness this is just about um us as people and and, and yeah, trying to be more so available well spoken and you deserve all good things because well, you bring some, so much good to the world well, I'm grateful for you guys. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you, thank you so much for coming on. We ask everyone three entrepreneurial questions, but we're going to relate them a little bit more to you. Yes. So yeah, okay, sure. What's their most entrepreneurial advice? But I'm going to say, what's the most impactful real advice you could give our listeners today? Just one small takeaway. <sighs> okay, it's whatever your path of success or whatever that looks like um, for you, just remember there's another cup that you've got to fill up. You know, there's another cup. There's, you, you can't ignore it. Like you can't ignore it. You can, you can do everything you want to do in your life, but you got to spend time with, with people who, who, who kind of need you outside of maybe your immediate circle. Cause, cause that'll fill that cup up and it's, and it's going to ripple out to all the other areas of your life too. I love that. So, that makes me cool. I, I know I Ooh. could cry from that. Woo. 
No, it's true. It's true because we get, especially. I'm very emotional. I don't know if I'm hormonal or just your fabulous. No, it's allowed. Well, if maybe it's a bit of both, but I'll take it. It's fine. No, I'm honestly, no. I got to change my hormone pellets. <laughs> no, but honestly, I'm really, truly though, it's nice. This conversation is, I'm, I'm really happy you guys reached out and, and persevered because, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I'm always like, I know when I'm in a conversation where it flows and I've really felt that with you guys today and I appreciate you for like, you know, highlighting this message as well. That, that does a lot. No, we're so appreciative we're that so you came on. Yeah. Tell everybody where they could find you, where they could buy the book. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So um, if, if you're on Instagram, it's at Joshua Coons um, or at do something for nothing. Um, the book. Yeah, you can order it actually. So from either your local bookstore or um, Amazon or, you know, actually order it. So to, to put the publishers in one more time from their website, um, I think you can get a discount code on there. So it's Akashic Books um, and they're, uh, yeah, they're a really great publisher to support as well. So. Yeah, and, and, and other than that, yeah, on Instagram, there's usually other things about events and talks and other things like that. So. Great. Thank you, guys. Thank, Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Lovely so to chat to you guys. You. Okay, I'm not crying. You crying? Uh, I'm not crying. It's no. you. You're crying. He is magnificent. So amazing. Beyond. Like, now I'm really going to cry because it's just, it's, it's, it is that human connection that we've all lost, especially in the, especially in, our industries where it's very fast driven and it's, it's true. all the industries were in the entertainment industry, the consumer industry, that they all focus around moving forward and the pace that we move and, and setting the bar so high. And what did you achieve today? And, you know, looking down on people, but it's just not connecting with people on a human level. And you know, he just makes you see things from a different perspective. And I think it's, important and to see people and to see everybody and especially the homeless you know it is if you don't just focus on one person yes and, and make person. a difference in their life it's so true it's so true and even the event that we did with the women's center here at christmas when we gave makeovers to the mothers and the women that would go to the women's center that are helped here in Englewood, you know and some people were like, oh, you give them makeovers for women. I'm like, yes. It's yes, it's a basic need. It's like, I don't want to hear when people are like, oh, they need money, they need this. Yes, they need that, but they also need to feel good about themselves. It's the one time also that it's just they, about them. It's just about them. I think that was so important. Like, like Joshua said, this is the one opportunity that someone connects and sits down and hears someone. I think it was really interesting to say how. He said in his school report he wasn't a good listener, and now he's the ultimate listener. Like he it's really, true. and I think that's it. It's just like just the basic human need to just like we all get our privacy. We are all privileged to go get just the basic our hair done, and that moment is just about us, right? And and it's important. To, those moments are important to feel good about ourselves, to be seen and heard, and for someone to take the time to to actually listen to you and take care of you and just focus on you, you know, is priceless. It really is. There's so much value in that. I think that was such. I love this. I love this episode. episode so much. I hope you guys did. I hope you know it's such a feel good episode and please, please, please buy Joshua's book. 
Um, it's going to make you feel so good and share it. Share his Instagram. Even if you repost one of his stories today, just let's get the message out there to, because it also removes the stigma around homelessness. Yes. Help in a small way. Doesn't have, you don't have to donate a million dollars to a charity, but donate one. (laughs) Anything you can do. But also just, or pay attention, buy someone a cup of coffee, talk to them on the street, do, do something the end of the day this is about the human connection and i hope you enjoyed this and please follow joshua coombs buy his book do something for nothing love all you guys thank you so much for listening new episodes every wednesday every way you find your podcast and you can follow us at caviar dreams turn the fish budget on instagram at the real marco joseph and at the life of business fate yep keep dreaming with kindness caviar yes. dreamers. keep dreaming caviar dreamers